Hey there, Film Buds. Welcome back to the Film Buds Podcast. I'm your host, Paul. And I'm Lauren. And we are joined by friend of the show, Nick Delgadillo. It's me again. <laughs> I'm back. Uh, <laughs> um, what was the last episode that you were on, Nick? I have no clue. Um... No, me neither. Um, was it in April? Yeah, it's been a minute. Like it, it has been some time since you were on the show. I know that for a fact. I don't remember what we last talked about, man. Um, now I'll have to go and look at that. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. Were you on the Avatar episode? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That was April. So sometime between then and, <laughs> and now, there um, might have been another one. Summer. No, I think that's right. It's been it's been sort of a whirlwind uh, time uh, mm-hmm. overall, and so it's good to have you back on. It's been far too long. We haven't yeah. really had a guest in a little while, actually. Um, so why don't you tell some of the people of what you've been uh, up to? Hi, I go to um, the movies and I go to concerts and attempt to juggle that with another job and, <laughs> and having a family. You can really have it all, but you don't get much sleep. You don't get much sleep when you're, when you're doing it. Um, uh, what's the most yeah, recent I, I, I've, you've seen? I've been good. Last week I saw Corn uh, and Evanescence, which was great. Oh, this is Corn's third time in the Carolinas in like a year. Um, oh wow, it was great. Uh, I've seen Corn a bunch. They're always fantastic. I've seen Evanescence once before, like over a decade ago. Uh, I think it was no, exactly a decade ago, 2012. Um, and they're really good. This was, uh, I like this better than the last time I saw them. And I like the last time I saw them just fine. But they were really good. Good night. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. Honestly, I didn't know that Corn or Evanescence was was still performing. So that's that's nice to hear. You got to keep up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> keep your keep your wits about you. <laughs> that's right. Could be happening in a town in a town near you. That's right. You guys got to look out. the The Blue Ridge Rock Festival is happening in Virginia. This it's happening right now through Sunday. Oh well, we're uh, we're leaving this weekend, so you're doomed. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's it's in Danville. I, I couldn't even um, guess. It's ne- that's near like Greensboro ish, apparently. But okay, I don't know. Um, it's a it's a crazy crazy festival going on over there. Uh, did you go to that one before? No, I had tickets to a couple of days of it last year and ended up not going. Okay, that sounded familiar. Because <laughs> it was like apparently a clusterfuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. This sounds va- Once very... You... Uh... <laughs> uh, you were saying? Yeah. No, I was saying once you were in, apparently it was great. Like the bands themselves, <laughs> but the rest was apparently a disaster. Relatively, I looked it up. It is near the border, and it oh, also yeah. is near Greensboro. Yeah, double up. Mm-hmm. There we go. Sometimes I know well, things. 
Uh, Nick is, of course, joining us here on our second episode of uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. Uh, Hispanic Heritage, of course, doesn't start uh, for like another week. Uh, however, we decided to dedicate all of September to uh, Hispanic Heritage in film. Uh, last week, we continued our general love affair with Guillermo del Toro uh, with Devil's Backbone. Um, oh, yeah. Which is sort of a companion piece to, to Pan's Labyrinth, if you didn't know. Um, it's a little bit more of a horror film. It's one that he did uh, after his earlier films, Kronos and Mimic, um, and sort of just before he really took off in the U.S. with things like Blade 2 and that sort of thing. Um, and so for this week, we decided to continue that. And there is uh, another filmmaker. There are actually sort of three filmmakers from Mexico that all really cropped up in, in the 90s and into the aughts in sort of that independent cinema boom. Um, and one of them is Alfonso Coran. And so this week, we're going to be discussing Alfonso Coran's Y Tu Mama Tambien, uh, which is at its core, a road trip movie uh, of a kind. And so before we get too far into our discussion on the film, I thought that I would ask y'all, uh, what's your favorite road trip movie? A goofy movie. Oh. Ah, there it is. Oh, that's a good one. I was wondering oh. if anyone was going to pull that one out on us. And <laughs> Nick came out swinging with it. Oh, um, I don't know. I think I was thinking about um, Priscilla, Queen of the uh Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, you should also check out that episode if you haven't. Yes, um, yes you should. No, that's, I just really enjoy, I really enjoy the hell out of that movie. Um, I'll go with uh, the original Muppet movie. Oh, that's a good hey. one. Too. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Because we're moving right along. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, so I guess uh, road trip movies, Yeah, we kind of discussed it a little bit with our Magic Mike xxl review uh, yes. road trip movies at their core you know are are absolutely about the journey far more than than the destination itself is magic mike xxl a road trip movie it is <laughs> <laughs> i haven't I've, I've, I've gotta watch it so i've seen the first magic mike i haven't seen the second the second one is <laughs> fun and like frivolous I, I prefer the first one for sure overall but the second one definitely has a lot of fun um yeah. i think it gets a little bit lost on the road trip but uh i think overall um it's it's an, an entertaining movie um they're on a road trip to um to this like stri strippers performance convention thing that's happening in like and it's like their last hurrah yeah. <laughs> I see. <laughs> One last ride on the stripper stage. And it's got Jada Pinkett <laughs> right. Smith in it. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> and Childish Gambino himself. That's um, right. That's right. Because we all thought that <laughs> it was a little bit more ethnicity in this one. They said we got to go to the Black Strip Club for a little bit. Where Childish is the performer. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's really quite the thing. Highly recommend. Um, <laughs> what, I guess, Nick, would you consider the the core elements for you for a road trip movie uh has to be in a, a vehicle <laughs> um yeah i mean that's you know it's just people in a car uh, a lot of them are coming of age movies i feel like like uh this one we're talking about in tu mama tambien 
Um, and you know, this is pretty much it. You got You have to see different destinations, you know, that they pass along the way. You have to have like the falling out and then the <laughs> coming back together for whoever usually. Uh, yes, correct. <laughs> um, no, I think that that's all fair. Um, I think road trip movies again are are, you know, definitely about that that sort of passage, you know, from from one point to the other. And I think that that's also why, to your point, they often do end up feeling like um, they're often coming of age stories or um, transitionary stories in general uh for some character on that journey um and yeah i think you're absolutely right with uh with this film definitely being about you know people at uh transitionary points um in their life uh and so i guess without any further ado we should just go ahead and and sort of jump right on into this see all right um for a little bit of background alfonso Cuaron, our director was born November 28th, 1961. Um, and <laughs> he had one, he wanted to um, study film what? for a long time or be an astronaut. Um, and he didn't really feel like joining the military, which was a prerequisite for joining, uh, like, you know, to becoming an astronaut. And so he decided that he would put his passion into film. <laughs> Such polar opposite. <laughs> I either want to be in film or I want to go into space. Nothing in between. Uh, and so he diligently worked toward that goal, you know, as a kid. You know, he made little short films, that sort of thing. Um, and he actually started to study film um, at University in Mexico. But also while studying philosophy, uh, his mother wasn't necessarily sold on the idea of film, you know, being a career. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ended up going and meeting... Um, Emmanuel Lubezki, who would end up going on to be one of his longtime collaborators uh, and a cinematographer uh, while studying. And he made a film that ended up causing, a short film that ended up causing a, a little bit of a stir amongst the faculty. Um, and I guess there were some disagreements about his opinions and the faculty's opinions about the film, and it led to him being expelled. Um, one of the key things that apparently caused the the initial I- ignition of the kerfuffle was the fact Did that he kill he somebody made the movie on... in English. Oh. <laughs> he made the movie in English. I mean, he might as well have killed somebody. That's murdering the art right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, it, for a while, ended up seeming to him like his career was actually on you know the skids with film. And so he had a um, a child at that point, um, and he needed to start working. And so he ended up working in a museum. Um, and along the way, so friends of his that he had interacted with came along and started asking if he wanted to come and work on a crew. Uh, and so he went from working on crews to being a TV director, to being a second unit director for a motion picture. And then he went and wrote um, his first film, his debut film in 1991, uh, Solo Con Tu Pareja. Um, and it's sort of a, a comedy of a, of a kind. It's apparently a little bit on the raunchier side. Um, and, uh, and a little bit macabre as well. Uh, 
And then he went on to go and direct uh, two films in the U.S. He went and directed uh, an adaptation, two adaptations, uh, The Little Princess and Great Expectations. And also during this time, he started working on and writing along with his brother, uh, Carlos, who is also a filmmaker, uh, Ichu Mama Tambien. And so then one de decade after his debut film, he went back and he made his road trip film. Uh, the film came out June 8th, 2001. It's rated R. It's an hour and 46 minutes long. It is, of course, directed by Alfonso, written by he and his brother Carlos. It stars Melibel, Maribel Verdu as Luisa, Gael Garcia Bernal as Julio, and Diego Luna as Tenoch. And the plot is, in Mexico, two teenage boys and an attractive older woman embark on a road trip and learn a thing or two about life, friendship, sex, and each other. Just a thing and or Nick... two. <laughs> <laughs> One, maybe two. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's just a thing or two here and there. Uh, maybe. A thing or two. Who could say? <laughs> you have to watch and just kind of see for yourself. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Nick, uh... <laughs> All right, let's wrap it yeah. up then. Um, That's it. Why don't you uh, go ahead and take it away? I mean, where do you even begin with this? Um, well, I guess uh, how this is how a, familiar are you with Alfonso as a, as a oh, filmmaker? Yeah, yeah. You know, was yeah, this so, your first watch? Yeah, I had never seen this movie before. Um, I have not seen uh, like the first few films by him. Um, I've seen. All the rest I saved. I seen Prisoner of Azkaban onward, Prisoner of Azkaban, Children of Men, uh, Gravity, Roma. Uh, so this is my first watch for this. I've heard about this film, um, seen it talked about a ton. Um, but I never actually watched it. Um, and despite seeing so much talk about it, I uh, wasn't like spoiled. I didn't like really know any, you know, what happens in it. Um, very much pretty vague um i really really like this movie um this is a pretty sad movie in my opinion it's like a kind of like wistful you know like there's it's not like i don't know i was gonna say it's not really depressing but it kind of is <laughs> wistful was a great uh, choice of word i loved wistful yeah um but it, it's that same kind of you know nostalgic look back at um youth um and how fragile it is um what you hear a lot about or what i've read a bunch about this movie after watching it as you're described it's like really just honest it just feels real um not just because it has like a documentary kind of style to it um and not just because there's you know like the, my favorite just long single takes like he likes to do a lot of his films uh, <laughs> uh especially in this film i think these long takes work well because it is more of like a straight kind of drama so the long takes are just in service of dialogue scenes whereas you know later it'd be like for action and stuff like that um it's all mostly just one-on-one -on -one people talking scenes that they, he does it for um anyway where, where was i going with this uh how, oh how it just like feels real uh both a lot of a lot of like the conversations uh, in the car or whatnot that they just have about like life and 
uh, relationships and sex and everything. Um, and the, the, the sexual, like the scenes themselves also have a more truthful feel to them. It's like how these <laughs> things play out more than like, it's not like a uh, cinematic, you know, it's not like the movie version <laughs> where the lights go low and, you know, they have like the, like the soft core porn angles. <laughs> mm-hmm. In, in um, many ways, it almost makes it considerably more intimate. Yeah. And, how how um, truthful and honest but, the depiction is. But, but at the same time, it's not like, like pornographic. You know, like, you know, mm-hmm. you're not like really witnessing the acts, you know? <laughs> no, um, for sure. It's uh, just great. You know, it's it's honest. Uh, the ending has really bummed me out since I watched it yesterday. <laughs> um, it, it's it's really great stuff. I love how it really naturally blends like the like all the best movies do all the best stories like the personal story of the three main characters and the bigger picture of where they're traveling through which is mexico um and where mexico was at that time and how it was changing very rapidly and suddenly just like our characters themselves (laughs) amazing (laughs) hoorah beautiful right on there no beautiful um, and i and i and I love the way it's done. It's done like very subtly, like obvious. It's the, like the obvious subtlety, you know, where like there's not really much dialogue about it. You know, there's not like a blatant like, and this is how I feel about politically, you know, about the time period or whatever, what's going on. It's, you know, like the camera will just linger and, you know, that's something going on outside of the car um, or, you know, the third third person narration that goes on. That just gives context to like the before and after of wherever location that they're at. Um, just it's great. What a it's a it's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear, do you want to take it away? I mean, you had a thought. Okay, uh, uh, share it. Yeah, sure. Um, I was looking a little bit into the into the movie as well. We recently got this one um, from the from the Criterion, and so I was oh, nice. reading one of the essays that uh, came with it. <laughs> And it was talking about how for uh, Koran, apparently he sort of conceptualized uh, the characters, especially the young boys, as being, you know, in their adolescent youth, you know, sort of transitionary phase. And he equated that to the, to the phase that Mexico was in at the time as being yeah. in this sort of adolescent, rebellious, um, you know, very tumultuous transition. Um figuring out new identities and boundaries and that sort of thing. Um, But they also sort of talked about, interestingly, how because our characters, even though Julio isn't necessarily rich, um, Julio and Tenoch are both still, to a certain degree, um, still more privileged and a little bit isolated from being directly impacted by some of that. You know, it never encroaches into our narrative too directly they're they're able to remain oblivious to the the happenings the you know uh politics and stuff like that yeah you um, know and, and they're aware to certain you know i mean he's definitely aware that uh Tenoch is definitely aware that his father you know is a corrupt government yeah. official um yeah. but it's very 
who cares? We've got other things online, kind of. Yeah. It's again, it's like to be that age. It's yeah, yeah. but it, there's like the obvious, you know, the subtlety there, and mm-hmm. and this road trip and everything that like, comes about because they're just like, especially uh, Tanakh, um, is just like a bored rich kid. <laughs> yeah, that's where the exploration comes from. No, for sure. And, um, you know, you, uh, you also mentioned the, uh, the disjointed narration. Uh, one of the things that really struck me after watching um, the movie was definitely that uh, I guess I hadn't realized that there were like two movies so closely released together that to me instantly I was like, oh, I know what this is sort of pulling on. Um, and it feels very inspired by a very particular fresh new wave and Jim um, which was also one of the core inspiration points for uh, the Royal Tenenbaums as well from around this time like that's 2000 to like 2003-ish somewhere in there Um, but again you have these two filmmakers you know both sort of inspired by this French film that at its core is about uh, the sort of messy relationships you know and, and happenstances of life between this core group of, of characters and all through Jules and Jim, it's interrupted by this narration that you're not quite sure who the narrator figure is. It's not a character. Um, right. Who's just giving this, this running commentary. Um, and to your point, that was actually one of my favorite parts of the film as well. Uh, even though it is at first a little bit jarring when the sound just kind of drops out so thoroughly. Um, you're like, hold on, what? Um, and uh, but I, I found it very fascinating because it's it's a narration that's very enriching um, this has been something that we've talked about on the show is narration is, is often so hard to do like the free guy narration is some of the worst narration of a, of a movie <laughs> ever because it's literally just telling you essentially what you're seeing um, whereas this is really going in and expanding so much further and um, like one of my favorite ones is about the fisherman. Uh, that's one of my well, favorite I mean, bits. That's the one that just I was done. I was like, I <laughs> what do I do with that? <laughs> what do I do now? Thanks. It's it, be such a great dude. You know? But they almost <laughs> don't give you the time to sit in how you're supposed to feel with that because we're immediately just moving right on. on to the next scene and as well. Because that's a part of like you know it's the it's the monotone narration just it's just stating the facts. It's not it's not like playing sad music and you know playing on whatever. It's just saying like and then this and this is how it is. What happened then? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it almost had like a like a storybook, I guess, quality to it, you know, where um, you get all the filler stuff, you get all the characters that are doing, you know, their their lines and their actions, but then we get all of this 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 aside of of what the the surrounding area is doing, what's going on around them, while these people are just having this happened to them you know they're having their own narrative but at the end of the day the world is still changing around them and things are you know, so quickly fleeting as well you know if we had, if we had pushed this 
this story just a few months or a few years into the future, it wouldn't have been able to be done in the way that it is now because all of this stuff is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I really enjoyed this movie a lot. I had never heard of this film before at all, but also I don't really, I'm not really familiar with a lot of Alfonso's um, career other than Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, Gravity with Sandra Bullock. Oh, 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 oh. Well, you know, it's got Sandra Bullock in it. (laughs) No, that's why I knew that you would know that one. (laughs) No, I mean, you're you're fair with that. But honestly, like, I think that this has more of um, of, uh, of an identity to it, of something to say, more so than than Gravity does. You know, for me, Gravity could have been almost anybody's film. We'll get to that later, but... You and I will have a different discussion. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but I really, I really enjoyed um, getting to see this have w- window into to Mexican history through this this very um this coming of age story of these of these two boys not only figuring out who they are as people but also who they are in their in their own sexualities and what boundaries are you know set in stone based on who they are as people but also like who they what they've been told throughout um you know their cultural identity as well um it's a very uh, you know they start out as very very hyper masked individuals you know they're they're like this is this is my woman she can't do anything else but they're also willing to go on this adventure with with um this this older you know unobtainable figure almost and and the fact that they that when she's so willing to accept them sexually that they just completely like dive head over heels and and fall into all of these these um emotional outbursts of of, of jealousy and of lust and of rage and of all of these things on this on this journey of figuring out who they are and i think that's a really um impactful story that you know to your point nick is is also told in this this way that is so um, just ordinary, you know. These these aren't yeah. this isn't sugar-coated life. It is it is exactly as, as it as it needs to be. You know, it's it's these it's of what do horny teenagers do? They they do horny teenager things. You know, it's it's but they're also not that great at it. Even though they've got this hyped up version of themselves in their minds, at the end of the day, you know, that's not who who they are as people. You know, it's, it's all this, yeah. this front and whether or not. Do I do I live in this idea of myself, or do I truly just live as my as who I'm supposed to be? You know this, and and what does that mean for this friendship that I've had, and can my friendship survive this transition with me? You know, and, or do I want it to? You know, now that I've crossed these lines, do do I want to go back and just pretend like everything's ordinary with this person, or is it easier just to to cut those ties and and to move forward? in, you know, in this kind of gray area, what am I now? And I, I think that this movie is just, it's, it is really, it is really melancholic at points. And, um, but I don't think that that takes away from, from the beauty and the honesty of it. Um, I also love the fact that this movie is literally not afraid of, of showing people uh, nudity everywhere. You know, it's, it doesn't care, but it's also not in your face kind of like um, in a, in a, overtly sexual way it's not supposed to be well and honestly on a on a certain level no matter how naked our characters get really at a at a true level um uh they can get as naked as they want but they're truly (laughs) um 
usually at their most vulnerable when they're when they're fully clothed emotionally. Um, and I think that's the other thing that's so fascinating about the movie is again that sort of um, the bareness of the reality of it allows for everything to be so so real, so personal, and then that also you know makes some of that um, some of that vulnerability you know, and when they're at their most vulnerable or not, you know, sort of shift and ebb and flow. Um, yeah, I kind of leans into the the sad as well because of also like you want them to to grow and change and and to like you know be just as free as the story that they're telling us. But then you know the fact that they kind of fall back into monotony and even more so, it it, it just kind of like you know, man, you know, it's is youth truly so fleeting you know it's 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 kind of a it's kind of a bummer at the end you know yeah the um that's what i was saying i like you were talking about at the beginning you know they're like hyper masculine stuff you know and they're they're very boastful and very you know like they're like pretty aggravating honestly at the beginning you know they're just like your typical like douchey blah 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 like all i want to do is fuck and get fucked up (laughs) you know like um and it reveals the truth of that which is that always you know most of the time comes from insecurities (laughs) um and this this trip they take with this older woman kind of like peels back those layers bit by bit where they reveal like uh you know like when when they're saying stuff like oh you know like i I fucked your girlfriend like well i fucked your girlfriend blah 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 and they're like maybe maybe it's true but i think the movie kind of leaves it like ambiguous like maybe these guys are probably, you know, maybe just lying, you know, mm-hmm. because they're, <laughs> they, they claim to like, yeah, uh, because they're shown to like not be that sexually like experienced really. Mm-hmm. Um, despite all their claims that like, you know, that's all they do. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean like the fact that like she chooses one over the other first, you know, that starts this whole spiral down of being like, well, I have to, I have to get him back in some way. So it doesn't yeah. even matter whether or not he slept with his girlfriend. It's just this like, well, I'm going to hurt you because you hurt me kind of mentality. Yeah. And they keep doing this to each other. And, and, and it, you know, shows their, how they really are because, you know, the whole beginning of the movie and everything, you know, they try to sell themselves or like, uh, show themselves as like people who wouldn't care about these sorts of things really you know like whatever you know like i don't care really <laughs> mm-hmm. um but then they're like oh i saw my girlfriend and they're all like hmm. no now i'm sad now i'm upset <laughs> mm-hmm. um uh yeah i mean just it's it's good stuff and a lot of that comes down to the acting obviously um yeah crazy good performances from everyone um I, I think part of the sadness also comes from uh, how, where they live and maybe, you know, the time period of what was happening kind of prohibited from being who they like, or from, from being all that they mm-hmm. could have been. They're not allowed yeah. to further, like society doesn't allow them to further explore what it is they experienced on that trip, really um and their reactions to it which is just to sort of like just never talk about it <laughs> and not even yeah. you know not even speak to each other <laughs> um yeah kind of highlights that you know they're like you know in their mind that's like well that shouldn't have happened 
you know, like it's, mm. we shouldn't have done that or whatever, however they feel about it or, um, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, we never really even get to explore exactly how they feel about it. Cause again, it just sort of immediately gets packed up just like the trip. They, you know, they, it's they, immediately they, just, they both have their own reactions upon the next morning where one of them is sick and the other just immediately goes to like, like what what's for breakfast, you know, like sits down, just goes to talk to other people, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, absolutely. Nor do it, nor does, and it remains ambiguous also the extent to whatever it is that they did. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that is one of, and I noticed that that is one of the moments where they leave the most ambiguity about a sexual encounter pretty much every yeah. single you know sexual encounter that has has happened um is carried been, through <laughs> yeah has yeah. been depicted to a point that you understand very explicitly what happened yeah. this yeah. is the only one where it it starts it and leaves it, it does you perfectly yeah. right where <laughs> Well, and I think that that's kind of mirrored in the in the fact that they don't they don't touch that moment again. You mm-hmm. know, every yep. every other sexual conquest that we experience in this movie gets 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 retalked about, gets rehashed. You know, well, how was it? Did you like it? Oh, you know, um, you know, how was how was my performance over his performance? You know, all of these kind of <laughs> you know check off the the block. This moment is is something that is is to, is to be is to be frowned upon. Is to be shamed. Is to we're not we're done here this this entire relationship our entire friendship is over now without even speaking to one another about what happened which is it could have been yeah you know it's not like they ever See. had to do that again but they could have easily just just talked about what they were feeling in that right moment and, it's and the forward with it it's a, it's the tragedy of the response to it is to just like that's it then well then we can't hang out ever again you know like <laughs> yeah they're, then, they're not able to process it and they're not able to you know, it's like the tragedy of like what could have been had life been different, had the world been just a little bit different. You know? yeah. These people could yeah, have at absolutely. least at least remained friends, at least remained, you know. No, yeah, and, you know, but this this kind of fear of knowing that like if if I still hang out with this person and they know my my deepest darkest shame, then who else is going to find out about it? You know, it's easier to mm. cut these ties and never talk to this person again completely separate myself from it so that way i didn't yeah. bury this completely you know and almost like it's almost just really like a like a, it didn't happen i guess but there are you know it's whoever's interpretation um i'm sure there are many different interpretations um but mm-hmm. you know it's, to me it's kind of like it didn't happen and the only time when we see at the end um where they do come back is to kind of just deal with a, like a, the tiniest bit of closure or acknowledgement <laughs> yeah um which is almost a closing of the door on it's the final the magic say on of it, that you moment know. it's yeah. it's sort of it breaks the illusion of how mystical almost the ending was mm-hmm. you know she left them with this prophetic final words they departed they went their own ways how do they feel about it we don't know but it it had this sort of ambiguity hanging over it and by the finality of you know spoiler alert um 
Luis's death being revealed um, in those final moments, it closes that. Where is Luisa now? I, we know, you know, um, and that moment is never coming back. No, yeah, and I think that there's this kind of hope in that scene, just just for a fleeting moment in, you know, of the fact that they're, you know, we get narrated about the fact that they haven't seen each other since that trip, and this is their first time seeing each other since then, and this, this could be a moment of, of closure, of rekindling this friendship, of starting over, of starting fresh, you know, but instead, it's 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 a it's a it's a final goodbye, and, and that's it's it's the opposite that of the yeah. It's it's the opposite of the ending of uh, Moonlight. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, and that's and that's such a such a bummer. And honestly, I love the fact that this movie had um, also just these these beautiful windows into into what was going on with with the, the Mexican people at this time, what's going on in Mexico. Um, and I, I felt like this this kind of kinship, I guess, to it, you know, with with what's going on, you know, here in the States on, on a more like a grander scale, just it this this sweeping away of all of the things that make it unique and interesting and this um, mass media of of the of the of of what it means to be this, you know, we don't we don't need this this fisherman out here doing the job that he's done for generations, you know, keeping on this legacy. Now we get a, a huge apartment complex there and a bunch of you know things that we can sell, and you know the stripping away of the of the true beautiful things of this of this place, you know that beach probably doesn't even really exist anymore. It's probably some some timeshare called something there. You know, this this um, homogenizing of of what it means to be alive at this point. You know, it doesn't matter where you go, the experience is always the same. And that's really that's 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 truly well and devastating to, to see, especially so frankly. That's, you know, echoed, you know, definitely I think very resoundly also by you know julio going and um just getting a standard degree and and um to not going and um becoming an economist Mm -hmm. you know it's the same sort of this concession yeah to something that you feel like you have to conform to yeah this this feeling of like once you grow up your your dreams this this adventure has to has to cease and you have to normalize yourself and and fit yourself into society in whatever means that means you know you mm-hmm. you don't get to go on these adventures anymore now you have to do somebody's taxes for a living mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's such a bummer <laughs> yeah well and there you, you know, go also just that that sort of reflective moment for me definitely you know how many people do you meet that you never meet again you know is is also mm. i think kind of like a, a sort of a painful thought to really start to wander down if you let yourself yeah. wander down it enough yeah, you know, maybe they found some peace knowing that she was still out there on the beach. Mm-hmm. So, um, Nick, if you had to rate E2 Mama Tambien, what would you give it? Uh, I gave it five. I got, yeah, I got no, uh, yeah, <laughs> dear. Oh no, I think that this movie is a is a solid five out of five. I don't I don't think that this movie is probably the the family friendly option. Um, 
but I think I wouldn't say so. Definitely a, a beautiful piece of a beautiful piece of, of art here um, that is is completely you know unique. Yeah. And I mean, if you really want to get reflective, like this movie will let you. <laughs> no, yeah, 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 yeah. If you're just here to see tits, like you're gonna be, you're gonna see them, but you're gonna, you're, you're gonna, gonna be sorely disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'll give it a five as well. I mean, it's um, it's a wonderfully poetic, wonderfully tender movie. Um, to to be able to go to such a vulnerable place, you know, as as a writer, as an actor, um, and to also be able to capture that vulnerability and convey it on screen uh, is a real feat. Um, yeah, I'm pretty astounded by the movie. Um, I uh, it's it's one that I haven't really stopped thinking about. It's one that like I woke up um, and crossed my mind like a few times in the night. Um no it's 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 also one that I guess truly just has to be seen. And I think you know going back to a point that I wanted mm -hmm. to hit on with you you were like it's one that I see people talk about but don't didn't really have any context for it. Didn't really have any information going into it. I think it it, it is truly one of those things not to be seen to be believed, but to be seen to just sort of get it. Because if I just tried to explain to you everything that happened verbatim in the film, you would wonder yeah. why anyone would watch it. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> it needs the context, yeah. the richness of everything happening at once. Otherwise, it's just going to sound like I'm telling you about someone's life, you know. Um, and so I, I think that it's incredibly impressive, though. Um, and I yeah. was really, I was very impressed with it. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I guess with that out of the way, uh, Nick, we, we always do what we've been watching. Nick, what have you been watching? Yeah, dude. So there's a bunch, obviously, since the last time I was here, I'll talk about like just recent, recent stuff, I guess. Uh, nope. Um, awesome. Nope is Ooh. fucking awesome. Uh, good stuff. I uh, watched The Gray Man. Uh, not so awesome. Not, not, not the worst thing you'll see. It has that same like Netflix ugly gray, like the gray man, but <laughs> but it just looks so bad, man. So much stuff, especially in the action department, just looks so bad. Um, and not not particularly, you know, it's it's forgettable. Um. What else? Uh, they, them, also not so awesome. Uh, they slash them, sorry. Uh, slasher movie with Kevin Bacon. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, it's okay, and then it's just like not, it's just not great. <laughs> not very good. Um, bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Liked that one a lot. Uh, okay. Recommend that one. A lot of fun. Uh, pretty smart. Um, fall almost good all is the two, two women who climb the giant radio tower uh well, you'll have to find out will they will they fall in fall in the fall um you know i i, I like i think it does a good job uh 
photography wise with like the single location that's up high feels good looks good uh good performances from the two leads uh it gets really stupid (laughs) and they're like the dumbest they're they're so stupid it's one of those classic like well we went out to do this dangerous thing in the middle of nowhere and didn't tell anybody where we'd be (laughs) yeah (laughs) didn't tell a soul Made, made no actual you know made enough plans to do said dangerous thing but not fully prepare at all for like emergency that would obviously happen um almost yeah, good the most almost fun emergency almost fun um <laughs> when i consume you uh it's a indie like thriller with a little dash of like supernatural horror in there uh very good i like that one uh i watched orphan for the first time I had never seen Orphan. Oh, okay. uh, I ended up liking it a good bit. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun horror movie. Yeah, that movie's nice. Um, I thankfully had never had it spoiled for me, so it was a lot of fun. That's incredible. That's really impressive. Yeah. I, I don't know how I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know how I don't know, but I was like, oh. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, bullet train. No, I t- <laughs> bullet train is just not funny. It's like for every chuckle, you have like three. Like that was terrible. Just not funny. <laughs> um, Aaron Taylor Johnston is going for it. I like what he's doing. Um, Brad Pitt feels miscast, and I don't really understand his character at any point. Even though this movie's like two and a half hours long. Um, oh. it's like it's supposed to be like you know clever fun um, and it's not clever or and fun. most of it, it's not much fun it's a little bit of fun it's not enough to overcome the bad it's way too long um, not a great script um, anyway uh, Beast is uh beast is enjoyable i liked beast more than i thought um that just comes down to good direction this guy went to speaking of alfonso Cuaron, uh beast is majority just like really long takes there are very few scenes that are like you know like less than like a minute they're like almost everything that's like a long take like dialogue scenes and stuff the camera stays like moves around anytime the lion action is going on um it's a long single take uh it's pretty cool uh more stupidity so that's always the issue the script could be better um a lot of the characters are just dumb (laughs) just morons uh uh, i'm almost done here i've almost caught up uh emily the criminal starring aubrey plaza Fucking fantastic. I also give that one a five. Um, everybody should go watch that. Oh, okay. That's a really good little crime thriller. Um, and she has a wonderful performance. It's very, very good. Uh, then I saw Orphan First Kill, which just came out. Um, I think it's fine. I don't like it as much as the first one. 
but it at least tur it like has uh it goes in a different direction like halfway through which helps it not be a repeat of the original which is like what it seems like it's setting up is just be like a rehash but then it very smartly like goes a different way and becomes more fun um i don't know why it's called first kill at all i i don't know she <laughs> the movie begins she's already killed people and it opens with her killing more people before it goes to like the main plot so i don't know why it's called first kill we don't see the first kill happen <laughs> it's like a halloween revenge of michael who <laughs> is he getting revenge <laughs> when when does this happen when does this happen <laughs> Tell me when the first kill was. Vengeance <laughs> is mine. Um, 3,000 Years of Longing. Uh, really good. I like 3,000 Years of Longing. Good stuff. Um, that's like entirely dialogue. Um, but it's very engaging. George Miller is, just makes good movies. I don't know what to tell you. Um, and I saw the new Dragon Ball movie. Dragon Ball Super okay. Superhero. Um, which was, which was okay. Um, it's exciting half the time, but then other time it's like, this is, I, it's more like a missed opportunity. I like what a lot of what I like about this movie is that it's not like a, another damn Goku movie. It's not, it's not Goku and Vegeta. <laughs> they like perfect. They purposely put Goku and Vegeta somewhere else. So it's uh Piccolo and Gohan, um, predominantly Piccolo. Which is interesting. Um, so I appreciate a focus on like side characters that people still love. Um, but I don't think they do enough with any kind of story. It just is like, we got to fight these guys. And then, then they go fight them. <laughs> 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 so was, and it's fun. Dragon Ball, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's obvious this one is uh like it's pretty so like supposed to be comedic at certain points. I guess like more so than like a, a few Dragon Ball movies. All Dragon Ball movies are pretty serious. Um yeah. But this one has like a lot of silliness going on half the time. Um but it's still fun. This is the first Dragon Ball movie to be completely CG animated. Um, it looks really good though because it's still it's still trying to mimic like the 2D style, or it's still going off of the 2D style, um, and it's also like not unfamiliar for anybody that likes Dragon Ball because um, the video games have lo- been doing that for like decades now, where they've just translated yeah. the 2D to the 3D for like every single Dragon Ball game. <laughs> um, so action still looks great. Um, yeah, like I said, it feels like a missed opportunity to do something interesting, like more character-wise for them. Instead, they're just like, they get a new power-up. And you're like, okay, that's great. Can we, like, do anything with who they are as people? <laughs> and I... No. I, I, get, I get that. I get that it's Dragon... I, I get that. I was going to say, I get that it's like Dragon Ball, but that's not really fair because they used to have character development to go with the action throughout series so i don't well, think it's too much to ask. i mean honestly it's like pokemon sometimes 
you're like, ah, you get it. Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know, man. Pokemon has a lot of episodes. <laughs> There's a lot of Pokemon stuff. Um, that's pretty much it. That's all I got. Um, okay. Did I have um, any more notes about? No, I mean, like, that's, you've been watching a, a hell of a lot more than we have been lately. Um, I mean, we haven't seen Nick in a while. No, that's also true. Um, what have we been watching that's from, I, I, I started at uh, Nope, so that was like the end of July, like a month and a half is what I went through. Okay. Um, we did, of course, also see Nope. Um, lately, though, uh, from like last week to this week, we watched, we watched Back to the Future Part 3. Yes, we did. Cool. We did watch I've never seen any of those. I've never seen a single Back what? to the Future. Nope. Just never did. Never never owned the movies or watched them on TV as a kid. Just never did it. Well, I'm uh if, if you want, you can you can borrow my you can you can you can borrow my box set. Um yeah, it's got all three. We can done. It's very kind. Um yeah, so we watched the third one. Uh, we were just sort of hanging out. And we didn't watch watch all of them, but uh, on Labor Day, Freeform was doing like an '80s movie thing, and so throughout the day uh, on the on the TV, we had like uh, Sixteen Candles and Breakfast Club yeah, and we, The Goonies. Mm-hmm. And um, there was Nerds. Nerds, uh, uh, Revenge of the Nerds, Revenge, Revenge of the, the Nerds. nerds came on. Which I had never seen any of that movie at all. Oh, there's some very problematic parts of Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, there are. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. Because uh, we saw it on Freeform. Um, it's a bit of a rapey movie. Uh, and so... Uh, that was uh, that was quite the uh, the journey. That's a, f- um, that's a fun, fun throwback time. Yeah. Uh, what else? That's honestly just about everything that we've watched. Pretty much because, like, this week we've been. Um, we watched that Jackie Chan movie with with Mom and Oh Dad. yes, we watched Police Story. Uh, have you ever seen Police um, Story? No. Okay, it's one of uh, Jackie Chan's, and uh, he directed it. He co-directed it, and um, the the second third act ish has like a little bit of a lull in there where. Parts of the narrative are great, but parts of it are definitely bogging it down some. Um, but the action on that thing is absolutely fucking bananas. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because like this, yeah. this is classic <laughs> Hong Kong filmmaking. The opening action sequence, it essentially looks like they took a hill that used to not have anything on it, built like a flavella type slum city. With the intention of then driving cars through it and blowing it up, um, yeah. that was one take. Nice. That was all they had. Yeah. And like per per pretty much every Jackie Chan movie, it ends with a little bit of like B roll blooper stuff of like people being right. injured, right. and you suddenly see there's like a little montage there for a little bit where they show you like three or four different people being like absolutely <laughs> blacked the fuck out Just getting like carted out and one of them's jackie <laughs> like the one of the people that they bring out to look at this oh, yeah. dead in people's oh, yeah. arms is jackie chan himself um oh, yeah he does it for real man 
he does it for real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you see some of the faces where they like hit the ground and you know that that wasn't the way they wanted to do mm-hmm. that. You know, yeah. and that's the thing. Yeah, it's like they the missed movie. the pad. Yeah. <laughs> um, the pad on their back. Kara and I have been watching uh, Saturday Morning All-Star Hits, which is on Netflix. Uh, It's uh, Kyle Mooney's show. Um, Kyle Mooney from SNL. Yeah. Um, And it's like a it's like a a, a, kind of like a parody take on like late 80s, early 90s like cartoons, like Saturday Morning cartoons. (laughs) um okay very very funny i <laughs> uh, like shows okay. like you know like care bears uh like in transformers and you know like stuff like that gi joe yeah. that kind of thing yeah gi yeah um and you know like the advertisements you'd see in between the episodes and all that um okay cereal commercials for for strawberry shortcakes you know yeah yeah stuff like that Mm -hmm. um it's it's very very funny (laughs) okay uh we'll have to we'll have to add that to um the list the only other thing that we've done uh we started playing destroy all humans 2 a little bit um and fun games games. so that was oh incredible games however um co-op spaceship stuff is is dog shit (laughs) can't handle it (laughs) take it to the drawing board (laughs) too ambitious too ambitious ahead of its time yeah um and then the last of us remastered came out and uh i am a sucker for it i love that game it's i love i love both games um and uh, like I do, got to be honest. The the remaster, I wasn't sure was going to really live up to expectation, but like I'm very happy with it. I think it looks great. I think it plays nice. great. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty happy with it, and it's it's just such a great, great, great narrative. Um, and so I've been really enjoying going back and replaying that. Um, nice. And that's pretty much actually all that we have really been watching this. Uh, we watched Child's Play too, but you don't get to find out about that until later. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Deal. Deal. Uh, All right. Uh, I, I am off to see. Uh, I'm off to see Barbarian. This just comes out oh, okay. today. Well then, we'll go ahead and wrap this bad boy on up. Nick, you have yourself a wonderful evening, folks. Uh, I'll drop well. where you can find Nick down below, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.